second episode of <laughs> uh, We have had all the time in the world to put our thoughts on a Google document the way we always do, and uh, have not done that. So, yay. Uh, yay! Myself, Thomas Masterson, and I am joined today by Izzy Show. Hello there! are going to be chatting about a little TV show that we've seen somewhat recently that we thought was a little relevant to some of the subjects we talk about on this podcast. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Amazon's The Boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw The Boys, I think, the week after it came out. So it has been a significant amount of time for me. When did you see the boys? I also saw I also saw it in summer, probably around August, um, like early August. So probably like a few, like a few weeks after, because like you had finished right by the time I was watching it. Yeah, that sounds right. Let me. I can also check our text. What am I doing? <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. Um, so I think it's it's not unfair to say that we're a little late to the uh, to the party on hot takes and uh sort of reactions to the boys so hopefully we can transcend the hot take uh format but before we do that i do want to get your overall impression of the show did you like it did you not like it uh what did you think about it i really liked it i how it's i really liked like how they address like the source material like from after reading like i guess it's history i love how it made it feel so modern even though like a lot of that stuff is from the original comics like how it still feels so current and like up to date and like really a universe like i can sort of like it's about real life superheroes like run by corporate management like that felt it felt pretty real it's been a long t- I it's been a long time since I watched like a show I think that dark cuz like I used to watch like Hannibal like NBC's Hannibal like when I was like, <laughs> so like nothing fa- so like not a lot can phase me and like I think grant I think like my sensitivity has like sort of I guess increased over the years like I had difficulty watching Joker but <laughs> like this was like a I guess this was like a I guess a could call back like to the level that I used like was comfortable with like and it was a good time like I that was if I was uncomfortable yeah. by anything it was just more about like the absurdity like what the fuck is happening you know like absolutely um I thought they it, it did a fantastic job I think when people talk about like gritty realistic reboots of superheroes um they, you know, what comes up is like the the Dark Knight, Batman Begins, like that that trilogy, um, and then people talk about a lot of other things like Justice League or or like uh, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad. Like none of those, I think, are anywhere close. I think that The Boys is the best realistic gritty reboot of of or you know realistic gritty show about superheroes since. Batman Begins, and possibly even, like, grittier and more realistic than that. Um, Wow. It defines 
um, that exact concept that people have been talking about. And it has been ridiculed, I think. You know, it's it's become cliche to do a realistic take on superheroes. And I really appreciate that the boys was like, not only are we going to do it, we're going to do it better than everybody else has been doing it. Um, and part of it is, I think people, when you talk about the boys, one thing I've heard a lot from people is they immediately dive into what happened in the comics. Um, I think it's that's an interesting discussion with this property because unlike, I mean, the Marvel movies very, very, very loosely uh, draw from comic book material. They, obviously, all the characters are the same, and sometimes they choose um, specific concepts to pull out of the comics, but it's rarely like a adaptation of their comic book counterparts. Um, and on the other hand, I think that movies that are an adaptation of a comic book storyline um, tend to not do very well. And uh, The Boys is a direct adaptation of comic book storyline, but they've made so many interesting creative decisions that uh, most people that I've talked to have said that it elevates the story and makes it better. And so not only is it like one of the best gritty, realistic takes on superhero fiction, but it is also one of the best examples of adaptation of comic books that is around. So I'm very big on the voice. That's great. Yeah, like I completely agree. Like I think, and I think that sort of natural tendency to compare, it's not just true for, like it's, I think it's true for every, like almost every adapt, adapted property. Like that's like the first thing you're gonna ask, like is the book better? Like, and what was different? Like what are the comparisons to be made? Because like you're adapting from a, IP that has like a fan base and like they're going to care but and yeah like the boys I think it's so hard to like see that line between like what was added and what was real and I think it's due to the nature of the property itself and like how seamlessly like everything was added I need to wait are we doing a spoiler can we do spoilers in this episode I... or are we trying to I think I like initially started without spoilers. I don't know why, but we will go ahead and say if you have not seen Amazon's The Boys, uh, and also you care about spoilers, then do not listen any further, dear dear listener. Go watch it. Come back. We'll wait. Don't worry. Just put us yeah. on. Yeah. And uh, spoiler talk. Go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I. Looking this up right now, just to double check, but I think it was interesting making the deep an eventual victim of like assault because it's this initial, it's this very like, wait, let me check. Um, yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, so. Yeah, so in the show, I think they made the deep, like, in the show, they made a deep, like, the, eventually they made the deep, like, a sexual assault survivor, which is a very interesting dynamic that I they will, I think they will explore next season. And, like, yeah, I it'll be interesting to look at just, like, and, like, and sort of unpacking how that works. Um, I just found out in the comics that deep was African-American, so it's a good thing they changed that in the TV show. <laughs> but uh, A-Train was Caucasian. In the comics? I think that they did a, yeah, I think they did a pretty good job um, 
Because the deep from the comics is just this like side schmuck, strong and silent type character. Uh, oh yeah, that's a diving helmet, and I think making him just like a very, like a very obvious reference to Aquaman is was fantastic and made it yeah so much better. Um, and like of course, like your your stereotypical like Aquaman is is gonna be like a white douchebag that's essentially yeah a pretty white douchebag <laughs> what is hold on jason momoa oh no he's not white i'm sorry <laughs> what is but he's like uh i mean he kind of looks pacific islander but it's i mean he could be he could be mongolian for all i know oh he's uh, lion. yeah Pacific Islander was right. Oh, nailed it in one. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> he also played Conan the Barbarian, who is Mongolian. So I'm going two for two on that. Um he's yeah, because he's yeah, I remember he's on of his mother's of um German, Irish, and Native American Native American descent. Um Wow. So, yeah. Wow. That's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Oh. But all the other Aquaman are white douchebags and he's probably not um yes but the the deep the deep yeah, yeah yeah his his whole like so he was nothing in the comics and they wrote his entire character into the show and it's one of the most interesting characters like on all aspects it has like yeah. a, one of the most interesting character arcs some of the most like emotionally resonant moments uh, mm -hmm. and then also the best humor the best humor of the whole that fucking He's so fucking dumb was I died. I died on the dolphin. Oh my god! How could you possibly make me feel these things about a dolphin? I couldn't. Oh like I I think I watched this scene again recently. I'm like, this I was like, wow, this actually happened. Like this hap this was so like it's actually happened in ways like just so outlandish like on TV. Yes, this dolphin wants to fuck Chase Crawford. Like <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm still not okay. It's been months since I seen it. No, I'm still laughing about it. I just like you can't help but he's so dumb. And also bad, but you- but He's a shitty person, like- feel, Yeah, you can't help but feel sorry for him. Like the one time he tries to do something good, he tries to like save this dolphin's life from captivity. <laughs> and it just goes so horribly wrong. Not even just like, uh-oh, you got me, but just so horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, I've never seen a show Set, set up a character as like basically an assaulter and like a terrible person. Um, and then they also like get you to feel bad for him while still thinking he's the worst. Yeah. Like I yeah. just, what a, <clears throat> what a tightrope that they didn't have to walk. They didn't have to like put that much nuance and thought into it, but they did. And I appreciate the work that was done there. Yeah. I have, so I've, 
two things to say. One is like a, I guess more of like a larger like debate. But one uh, question I was curious about is like, how much do you think like, I think a lot, I how, like, how much do you think of like that work and like really great, that great that character like is attributes like Chase Crawford's acting. Like I have not watched Gossip Girl, but like, I think I- like that, it's uh, I, and I think like reading interviews like Chase Crawford really enjoys playing the deep and I think like a good portion of that is also attributed to him like of like yeah walking that line between like this 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 awful person but still trying to find his own like just still trying to like find out who he is in some way like yeah walking that tightrope like yeah He's I think still- a lot of it. The performance struck me as a person who harms others out of the ignorance of his own, like, effect on the world, um, mm-hmm. which is, like, it's a it's a much more realistic take on what evil looks like in the real world. Um, and at the same time, like, by making it more realistic, it also makes him more human. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's, it, like, it's a it's a nuanced take that I think is very brave. Um, and it, it's all part of a service of like, what if this was real? Like, what if these people were real? Um, what if you were born with super strength and bullet immunity and special powers? Like, what does that do to your psyche? And what it does is it makes you believe that you deserve what you want. Right. And like, they just, all they had to do was look at people today, like in the real world who are born with uh, wealth and privilege and power that other people don't have and ask, okay, what did that do to their psyche? And you can see that most clearly in the deep, I feel. Uh, Everyone else kind of like in the seven kind of has their own uh, unique issues. Um, But the deep is like the Brett Kavanaugh of superheroes in that, in that universe. And it just is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it raises like, I think this puts this, I think it puts, like, the question in a, in, like, a, cons- like, mostly consumable light, depending on, like, how, like, depending, depending on, like, your sensitivity to, like, dark materials, like, <clears throat> like, I guess this other side of the Me Too debate, because we talk, like, a lot about, you know, like, supporting the victims, like, the supporting survivors, like, hearing what they have to say, like, you know, taking those who abuse their power, taking like those away, but also it results in a lot of false accusations, and like it, and that is the one of the biggest sort of counter arguments. Um, when I when I try to talk to me, too, like when I try to talk about this to people, and like just in the movement in general, like you know, some people are innocent, but an accusation like that can ruin their reputation. But in that sense of like you know have like having it happen to them like trying to make them human like realistic like examining like that like sort of hu- like just humanity in that sense and like the human life with that regard is i think you're like you're right it's very very brave of them to talk and like pose that kind of character out into the world and it doesn't get as much credit one of the things that I think is really interesting about I, this is going to be, we're going to just rename the episode uh, The Deep, and that's <laughs> going to be 
whole thing's gonna be about him. But um, like when you think about like what is a so like a, a, a crime has been committed, like a woman has been um, assaulted. Like what is the dream scenario there? And like the like the literally the fantasy is that they are gonna stand up in front of everyone and say like, hey, like this happened. This is the person who did it, and like I will not be like taken down. And everyone rushes to their support, and that guy gets like, just like fucks off and is no longer in his position of power. And maybe you even fantasize that like something like that happens to him so that he gains perspective or something like that. And all of that happens in the show. It's like it, it, it starts out so horrible, and then it almost is like the, the perfect win you know obviously the the perfect win is that never happens but like it's like the best possible scenario after that kind of crime and i'm really curious because i think the the question the show gets to explore now in in season two is like what do you what happens after like what happens after justice is met yeah that's not something we like as a society we talk about or even are very interested in. Like no one's checking up on Brock Turner to see how he's turned his life around. Like we're just like a, something happens, the person gets a repercussion and then we're like, okay, and we move on. And yeah, I'm fascinated to see the camera like stay on, you know, uh, sort of like keep the shot lingering after all the excitement has gone away. Yeah. Actually, um, I think relating to what you're talking about, I think a report came out. Um, Harvey Weinstein, I guess, because he's still, you know, he's still going through the trial. Like yeah. walked, was that just, yeah, walking around, went to like a, went to some event, and people like there were these two female comedians who straight up just called him out. Like let's get like, like straight up called him out. Like yes, oh the Freddy Krueger snake in the room. Like, you know, but straight up just like called him out. Like. Harvey Weinstein's a very extreme case. Like, he will never be able to... What's he going to events for? I don't know. Like... Like, uh, okay. I guess the justice process takes time. He's out on bail. Whatever. But, like, I don't know. Dude, stay home. This is not... This is not your time to socialize. He... I don't think his... I can't... I don't think he even can anymore. With all the terrible shit he's done. Like... Yeah. Like, if you saw him in the street, like, you would get, yeah. get out of Dodge, like, run home. I, it just makes me wonder if he is aware of how what he's done is being perceived or whether he thinks that it's, like, a minority of social warriors as, like, has, are the only people who care or something like that. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't think he will ever hear, he will hear what he has to say unless, like, he goes on camera and talks about it, which I don't know will right. happen. And I don't know if he should do that because look what happened when Kevin Spacey tried to come back and it made it worse. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't want to hear from him again, but I yeah. do just kind of wonder, like, hey, did anyone like tell him that this is a that he's wrong? Because, like, I know. I guess Kale's four. I don't know. Yeah, like I know, like. Well, I know, well, I know John Laster went this, but like people sat down and they were like, this is not okay. And he was just like, fuck it. And then he kept doing this, these things to these women. Like, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the boys pulls like from any of that recent coverage. And especially as I think they're, 
I don't know where in the production timeline they are now, but like when more stuff like happens like this, like with Kevin Spacey, like Kevin Spacey's creepy ass video, like all that stuff, like they they are definitely gonna be pulling from that and like other sort of related media, like these comebacks, like in how they're gonna shape this storyline. Yeah, I think it's I, I think that there is a lot of opportunity to find some meaningful uncovered ground, um, mm -hmm. which is genuinely not something you say about TV shows very often. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think that there is a general feeling uh, in the cultural zeitgeist that everything is like tired and, and you know, done too many times. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I thought that these takes, almost all the takes in The Boys was, was straight up refreshing. I thought that yeah. was, yeah. yeah. Just to transition, oh, sorry, you were saying. No, I was gonna transition, so I'm curious what your transition will be. Oh, I was gonna transition into like, about these new refreshing takes, like, another refreshing character to me was Homelander, cause he's very like, you know what here, cause he's very like, he's very like sort of almost like, dictator, like Trump-esque, like in some senses, like, but he had like that twisted Superman. He feels like Chris Evans' character in Knives Out, which we haven't watched yet, but I hope and know it's gonna be good. But he, like, same energy. <laughs> I, yeah, that was one of the weirdest ones to me. And I think it really comes down to, um, because writing a character like Homelander, you have to start with a couple of specific, so I guess, uh, for the few listeners who did not watch The Boys and are listening to a take on The Boys, um, Homelander is the most powerful superhero in the universe of The Boys. He is the leader of the most powerful group of superheroes called The Seven, and he is the poster child for the Vought Corporation, which is essentially the corporate sponsor for all superheroes. So this guy is like the tippity-top. He is clearly Superman. He has all of Superman's powers, laser vision, super strength, flying. Um, and I think if you are writing a character like that and you want him to be evil, but you also know that he has to have like not only excelled in terms of power, but also like as a um, corporate lapdog, you have to give him like a reason to be loyal. And they like clearly played into that with giving him like serious mommy issues that the corporation took advantage of. So he like imprinted on the CEO and that, that was weird <laughs> yeah that whole like just like because people have the superman problem where like he's so powerful that it's boring it's just like they add so many psychological things to him um while keeping him like he's like a high functioning sociopath essentially with this uh freudian sexual connection to the ceo of the company which is being like actively cultivated by the company to keep him in check i was just like wow okay it could be just him they could get rid of all the other superheroes and this would still be like an interesting take on superheroes yeah like it's very it's it's so it feels so layered and like you have to like i'm gonna say this you have to credit all the actors for like, like helping to elevate oh. the writing to well, that one in particular, I think even better than uh, the guy who played the, the deep. deep. I think yeah. the commander guy is the best one of the whole bunch. 
Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with you. I think, you I think could. also Jack, the guy who played Huey also is very good. Um, I, th- I think that's also, he's a, he's very much like a veteran. Jack Quaid's a pretty big veteran, like young, bi- a big young veteran. Yeah. Like, I thought he, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't necessarily get a hundred percent behind him. I thought that they did a great job with the writing of him. Um, but I, I felt like he was purposefully kind of just like an everyman character. And like there were times in the script that called him to, and there were times in the script that called for him to be angry. And like, he did both of those well, but I didn't feel like he transitioned between them very effectively. Personally. Um, but with Homelander, I felt like you, he was able to smile and make you shake. Like he was able to like put out his hand for a handshake and like you would flinch because just the, the menace of this character and the way that everybody else treats him um, is so palpable every time he's on screen. Um, yeah. I really do have to credit that actor for somehow like, I think it's like Silence of the Lambs level villainy. Yeah, I would agree. I think his name's An- Anthony. St- I mean, look, I think it's Anthony Stark. Um, a lot of these guys but, are like not new actors, but like actors that I did not recognize from anything. Um, and yeah, like, they're killing it. They really did well. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is yeah. Like these are. Like, for a lot of these actors, like, they feel like you will, like, defining roles for them. Like, Homelander. Like, you could sort of say that for Chase Crawford, like, in the, I guess, not teen girl market. Like, he was talking, I heard an interview, like, saying, um, this guy came up to him, and he's like, oh, like, I assume, like, you're here, because, like, you watch his gospel, and he's like, no, like, we watch The Boys, and we love you, man, like, you're so good, and he's like, oh my god, like, that's great, like, (laughs) 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 um, but yeah, like, Carl Urban, like, is probably the biggest, one of the biggest well-known names on that show, and, and he, you could tell, that was the one they were like, yeah, we got Carl Urban, you know, fuck yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, like, that was really like that like he def I think like Jack Wade and like Carl Urban are meant to be like the people who like really carry you through the show. And I think both of them did like I know you have mixed thoughts about like Huey, but I think they both like did a good job like keeping us like with you um alongside like the superheroes. And but it really is like on an ensemble effort. But like I- as like protagonists go, like they're they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that um, the introduction to the story was really good um, and how uh, Billy acts as this like enigmatic um, character who sort of like pulls our everyday man character into the into the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I was a little disappointed because I felt like uh, Carl Urban's character, like Billy, seemed like he had a lot of secrets. And even up till like the end of the show, it seemed like he like was harboring a lot of secrets. And I feel like with the season done, I do not feel as though there were that many secrets. 
that he was hiding from other people. And I feel like the ones that he was, like what happened to his, what he thinks happens to his wife, he could have right at the beginning of episode one, like said that out loud and nobody would have been like, oh, you know, it, it would have been like, oh, so that's why you're doing this. Got it. You know? Yeah. I mean, this might be from like my own personal standpoint. When I found out what happened, I was like, that's, that's like, that's heinous. Like, that's all. Like, I think, I will agree that like, I think, I think Carl Urban's like performance of Billy, like while it is very good, it still has like that air of like, oh, classic, like, like hardened, like hunter guy with like a chip yeah. on his shoulder and like nothing to lose. Like, it definitely had like those classic like trophy trope elements of it, but like it's Carl Urban. Like you still feel for this guy and you're still with him because you've seen him like you've seen him like in this group like really band together. I think the group all the group band I think this is this really feels like an ensemble show. And I think they all did that pretty I think I get the the cast was fantastic. Like the ensemble cast was fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I, I feel like I'm really glad that they got Carl Urban for the role. I, I, he must have had so much fun playing it. I feel oh, like it, yeah. It was, so, it was such a comfortable fit for the actor that he was also like the parts where Billy went from like an in charge, like master planner to just like kind of like a poor scoundrel who's just trying to like get from day to day. I was like, all right, Carl, you're this is right here. Yeah. Um, it, the, I was watching oh. The part of the show that I think okay, there was a I think it was episode one or episode two where they are trying to kill translucent. And for a two. Moment, it's for two a or moment, three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, because cause the end of one is when they get him. Um yeah. so for a little bit. I was very excited because I thought the entire show was going to be about like problem solving how to kill different superheroes with their unique like abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, they're going to like discover each one's weaknesses through like trial and error. And they've got like a chemist and like a military guy. And, you know, like this will be great. And then that was the only one. <laughs> that they really killed uh and i was like oh i guess that's not what this is about (laughs) um and like i i like the show but i do think that there is some monster of the week version of this where they're trying to figure out like all right like how do we how do we dry the deep off so that he dies or like how do we put starlight into a a a like Dyson cage, no, a Faraday cage so she can't absorb the electrons. Like, mm-hmm. that would also be a show. And that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, also, like, so, I didn't realize that the showrunner of The Boys, Eric Kripke, guess what show he used to, he's known for? I actually don't know that name. It's Supernatural. <laughs> of course. Wow. That's- he... I don't mean to be mean to you personally, Izzy, but this is a big step up for him. Yeah, I know. Oh, look. Okay, so in his defense, he did the first five seasons of Supernatural, and then they went off the rails. But, like, you see that. You see that. You do see that Monster of the Week format. And you see, like, that off-the-walls 
like I guess like fairly off the walls, like this this outline, like this willingness to really do anything. Like in Supernatural, there was an episode where Sam and Dean are literally characters in a book made by a guy who can like who's now like essentially just God, but like essentially like who is like their prophet. That was a thing that ha- like, there was a convention about Sam and Dean Winchester in the universe of Supernatural, like. Eric Kripke, I think Eric Kripke was one of the perfect showrunners for the show because of his just willingness to do anything. Like, in the Stuco we teach, like, we do a bunch of, like, like we, I, all the time we will compare, like, the past history of showrunners, like, directors with their properties and their past history, like, what makes them great. And looking at Supernatural and then comparing it to The Boys, you really do see that, like, Eric Kripke was the person for the show to lead it well that's some some solid insight i'm glad yeah. that you inadvertently researched for this episode dude like it's it's yeah a small aside so it's the last season of Super- so this is the final season of supernatural it's 15 season season 15 and like i haven't watched since like season 10 but i was like you know damn like a part of like my life is, like this was a huge part of like my high school and now it's ending like do I want to like catch up like want to watch the final season and then I remembered I have to watch five more seasons and I was like maybe not <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. I guess uh my process overall um is watching Supernatural <laughs> right is uh is I like was like hey I hear about Supernatural and I went to check and I was like 13 seasons no thanks and that was <laughs> the end of me watching Supernatural <laughs> Yeah, that was smart. I crammed oh, like true. I saw a supercut on YouTube of uh, one of the seasons where God's sister is the main antagonist, and I was like, "Wow, this show is weird." And that was the end of that. Damn, that's probably from like one of the newer seasons because I I do not know that. <laughs> I imagine that they had to like power creep the villain every time, and then they were like, "All right, what do we do besides another god?" Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine they had a lot. Yeah. Apparently there's zombies on the show now. Were there not before? No. They cross they also cross over with Scooby Doo. Why? I don't know. The episode's animated. Uh, uh. <laughs> I think that's that that's that's perfect. That's all you need to say. <laughs> Hey, what if we stop talking about Supernatural? Yeah, this is about the boys. Um, <laughs> but, like, that, uh, I think those, like, off-the-walls ideas, like, God's Sister, an animated episode with Scooby-Doo, even though, like, Eric Kripke wasn't part of that anymore, like, that kind of energy, like, that's what makes the boys, like, so fearless in tackling, like, these kinds of, like, in tackling, like, this creativity into, like, talking about society in these very realistic manners and being brave and unafraid to do so. And like, I mean, I think that's part part of what is so startling about this is it really does feel as though, um, the premise for the show and that under underlying principle is so realistic and not random. It, it, feels thought out and it's, it's one of those things where i can't tell what is um like a coincidence or what is like part of the plan yes but it 
it feels as though they thought through from like the the beginning like it, you can kind of all right we're already in spoilers so um you know you're, you're sitting at the writing room table and you're like okay like companies create superheroes because they're like a marketable thing and just like starting from that idea and building outwards and incorporating things that we see today like uh one of my favorite parts is a train and i know i know it's a weird thing to say but the way that they because a train in the comic is just a like a white dude he's supposed to be like the flash essentially mm-hmm. um and i think they saw an opportunity to speak to kind of the exploitation of black athletes and the self-image issues that come with like being evaluated entirely for like your body's performance mm-hmm. um, and showing him like fall into an addiction to a substance that makes him like that is essentially like a steroid um mm-hmm. is just so much more cutting to like a like a real life issue um it, it's like the entire show especially examples like that um help shed light on how like super super powers would not solve the problems of the world yeah even that like i really also appreciate like starlight's character like this that tackling of like you know like faith and you know being this public figure and like those issues like she like she deals with like being a survivor sexual assault like all these things like it's so like having like you know having a character like with someone coming coming from like a very devout like religious family like that's not uh, that's not like a thing that we haven't seen before but it feels like it's unpacked in such like a human way that felt like relatable at some points like that they really just did go above and beyond with adapting their source material yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. um what did you think so i am not a uh shall we say person of faith and i definitely have never been to a large gathering of people so what did you think of the like convention episode uh and like the world building that was done there yeah yeah so like i mean we had like our episode about daredevil um i'm roman catholic um, it definitely gives the vibe of more evangelical because it's very like overt and like flashy and showy and like there's this oh I forgot the guy the superhero's name um, but oh, I, yeah, I forgot the superhero's name um, Ezek- it's like Ezekiel or something Ezekiel. right yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's that's it that's it that's it um, but it's like definitely like it's very even it definitely leans more on the side of like an evangelical um like sort of take on this and like you know in you know more like in smaller in smaller suburbs and like in cities like i've been very i think i've been really thankful that like my family is very religious right but my my family's very religious like we go to church every sunday like it's very important to us that like i marry someone who is also catholic um probably or at least like respects the religion like but it's not to a point where it's like very overwhelming in my family like i can still like i missed church last week um and my parents like were understanding like we aren't the kind of 
I feel like I can like I feel like we aren't the kind of people that like need to dress up for church every Sunday. Like we can just go in as we are. Like we understand that like that religion is based on like on God's love and acceptance. And the like the evangelical religion like very much like inflates this to a degree that like very much like criticizes like see like honestly how like catholicism is interpreted today like as like you know the religion of like you know the republican party like i'm sorry like that's very general terms but like it does get a bad rap because of the abort because of like how it tackles abortion sorry i just heard playback on your side so i'm just like watching my words um but it was very interesting to see the convention and like get it felt like i was getting a glimpse of that life even though it probably wasn't like in reality but it was interesting to see it tackle like this overt topic this very overt like grand that this grand topic of religion that they made to be and how much it had impacted like starlight's life and I don't know if they're going to explore it more, like, as the season, like, progresses. Because I think now they're going to focus more on, like, her relationship with her mother. And, like, her, like, finding out that, like, you know, she wasn't chosen by God to be this special person. Like, her mom, like, sent – her mom, like, chose her to, like, be this person, like, for, you know, some selfish reason. Like, it's, like, I think it deals yeah. – it's going to deal with, like, questioning that faith. And – I think so. Yeah. And, like, I've – you know, like I've had, I think I've had those moments, like when you're very, like when you're in those like very dark places, you question, like, you know, like is someone really there? Am I just really doing something really alone? But with like along the, in terms of like you know my faith, like you learn like it's in the people that are in your life that like God has put there that you see the impact um, of. You know, you see, like, the yeah, you see, like, the impact of, like, that and, like, how much, like, you know, people are looking, like, he, like, people are looking out for you. So I think it'll be interesting to explore, like, that sort of, like, loss of faith. Um, I think I've definitely, like, seen it in my, I think I've definitely seen it in my friends before. Especially, like, it's, like, the classic trope, like, oh, you go to a Catholic school, you're not going to be Catholic by, like, the t- you're not going to be Catholic. Like, you're not going to still be Christian, like, by the time, like like 30 years down the line, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, um, the show, so it, it clearly shows how superpowers impact sort of the major areas of society. And it, it very much looks at the macro. So like the political, the economic, and then the social, um, and religion has always been a very big part of the social landscape of sort of any, any culture, but um, in America, that is uh, Christianity and the kind of like evangelical uh, Bible Belt Christianity that mm-hmm. kind of distinctly American, let's say. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, of course, they there would need to be an explanation for superpowers in the Christian faith, and there would be like an exploitation of superpowers by religious leaders um and i think that not dodging that like not saying oh we already have the military thing and the 
like company advertising thing. Like we don't need to touch religion. I once again, brave show that just dump, jumps right into the deep end there to be like, yeah, you know, of course people are going to say these people, you know, got their powers from God and that that somehow makes them because they have powers worthy of the powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I thought that that was pretty cool. I did not like, I thought that it was too cliche to have leader of the Christian. Oh, be gay. Yeah. I that was kind of late. I get that they needed something to play with, but I feel like there, there are so many options. Um, yeah, I I thought that was just kind of lame. Um, but the stretchy, the, also like the stretchy powers were so random. I was like, would I don't know. I feel like uh, Starlight would be so much more. Everyone would be like, yeah, no. But she definitely got her powers from God because look at her. She lights up with divine light. Yeah. Is it like this guy like reaches his arms another six feet and you're like, oh, God's chosen. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> No, I, I I thought that the the whole festival setup was great. Just like like taking it on at all was a very brave choice. Um, unfortunately, like just the show is a very cynical show. It is a very mm-hmm. down on humanity. It is not positive about the institutions of humanity. So, um, like that's that's going to come down to religion as well, um, and what one of the consequences I have noticed as the show has gone on is um, good characters get more cynical in the show. And that's part of how they show that they are good and, you know, learning and evolving is uh, they become more critical of institutions of power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Includes the church. So I think Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, as a, just a de facto consequence of the world building and of the tone, uh, all of our sort of main characters we root for will abandon religion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a thing that happens like today, like that's going to happen nationally. I just don't want the growth of these characters to sorely be defined by like that cynicism and like these tragic events. Yes. Obviously they're going to like, you know, kickstart them. Right. But I also do want to see them grow in ways that are not, just from like being completely beaten down like by the world maybe it's from people maybe it's from like you know certain other factors like self-realizations like revelations like i want them to find i guess different varied ways of conveying that um when necessary because all character growth i think like starts and like roots from like that but I want to see them take that in different directions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it would be really nice. um, And I'm not ruling out the possibility because I think that um, Starlight could be entering. um, And you, you can see this paralleled with the superheroes in general. She was kind of naively optimistic about superheroes and like believed in them. Um, then she encountered some, you know, really rough news that, that they did not live up to her expectations. Um, but I don't think, I think what she ended up doing in the end of the season is saying, um, well, even if they, you know, those superheroes aren't what I expected them to be, I can still be 
that kind of hero. Yes. Uh, and it is possible that that is going to mirror precisely her relationship with faith um, to say that when she loses her faith after this re revelation, she is going to sort of find her own connection to God that is separate from the sort of like church of her upbringing. That would be cool. I'd be happy with that. I, I, I don't rule it out because um, they're clearly doing that with other aspects of her character. Yeah, I think so too. And like, I think that sort of uplifting vibe is like, uplifting sort of take on it is like one of those like really cool, interesting ways I can like, no, show that character growth. I think like, yeah, I really like Starlight's character because like you do, you do get that type of like, oh, like you know what's going to happen. But I think the actress, like, I think her name's Erin Moriarty, like she makes it like, she just, she makes it like sort of, she like makes it like sort of like you group for her in the sense, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I like, I really like her character in general i thought that she like that that actress and also the writing did a really good job of dangling a likable protagonist who we like want to succeed and also establishing really clearly the challenges she's going to have to get there um just because she is introduced as being you know being so naive and optimistic in such a terrible world that you're like oh no this isn't going to be good and then it, yeah. turns out, it turns out to be both just as bad and much better than you expect because the world is even worse than it appears on the surface. Um, and yet she kind of stands strong through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. which, yeah, it's awesome. It's inspiring. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one other aspect of the show that I really want to talk about while we're talking about Starlight is the marketing people and like the costuming uh, yes <laughs> yeah. you love them right i love the marketing guys they're, they're inexplicably they are somehow just they come out of absolute nowhere they're only in the show for like two minutes and they're like doing a full-on comedy routine like i, I love them <laughs> so much they look like they are like in an snl pitch room just just like what if we did this and then we did this and yeah high five like they're great and i don't understand how they could get like two very charismatic actors to do like a weird boat the same performance next to each other and then just like toss them it's it's incredible it's absolutely yeah. incredible also unrelated to the performance um the way that they're talking about marketing and the way that they are talking about like spinning and like pitching a certain person's story or like in series of events felt very uh realistic to me it, it felt much more like what would happen um and what does happen in the real world uh and i think that it it went a long way towards showing both the audience and um starlight herself i don't know what her like non-superhero name is uh it's like, and it's like annie G oh it's annie jr it's like something like really rhymey and like, cringy her nickname is just ann um it went a long way towards showing ann that like the truth is malleable and that like what the public thinks is going on doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what's actually happening um yeah 
And it like it teaches her and it teaches us the audience at the same time that like these people are just really good at um, manipulating perception. And I think that's something that doesn't get enough focus, partially because um, storytelling is in and of its it contains a lot of that. It contains a lot of like deciding how you want people to feel about something and then making decisions to get there, like choosing the angle or the lighting or the music in the background, whatever. Portraying the act of making those decisions doesn't happen a lot on screen. It, it, it is a real thing in our world. Um, people get an event and they, they get like a thing that happened and they get how you're supposed to make people feel about it. And their whole job is just to make you feel that thing about that event. Um, and I was like, whoa, they're actually gonna like talk through this and show the process from start to finish. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's also what my girlfriend does for a living. So that's nice. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like it felt very, like it was so, it felt so like rooted in like what you would see today that like, yeah, it do, it was like kind of, scary how like real it was because like when they completely changed like Starlight's costume you're like yeah this is something that absolutely would happen like even today like and they just it was like a great I think they sort of encompassed the most that every aspect of the like even like the littlest aspects like they really do care about and like work to like make that effort to like have them shine to show and flesh out all these aspects of the world, like make it as realistic as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to talk about, because like, so I've said that I want to make this a one hour episode today. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like now that we're on a roll, we could talk for longer, but uh, I just want to make sure that we talk about the scene and this was for me like the most heart-wrenching scene of the whole season do you know which scene i'm talking about there's a lot um like there's like there there's a lot like you might need to be specific (laughs) okay i'll give you a hint the scene i'm thinking of takes place on a mode of transportation. Did we talk about this already? Oh, it's heart-wrenching. No, no, we did not. Um, no, I do not. <laughs> you do not know what heart-wrenching scene takes entirely on a mode of transportation. Have we talked about this? We've talked about this. Have we talked about this already? Didn't we? No, we didn't. I'm talking about the plane scene. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was that was hard. That, that was, was rough, dude. That, that was hard to watch. Bad. I did. Um, okay, so I'm a little biased because I listened to um, mostly nitpickings podcast about the boys, which I think was one of their best episodes. Um, and they thought that it was actually, there were like some genuinely funny parts of that scene. I was too traumatized in the moment to feel that. Like at the time I was just going like, oh no, no. But um, they were like, they pointed out that Queen Maeve 
uh, is talking to Homelander, like, can't you just, like, like he broke the plane controls and it's going down. And she's just like, can't you just, like, lift up the plane? And he turns to her and he goes, how would I do that? Like, he's never even, like, he just doesn't. He yeah, like. It offhand, even though, like, Superman's done that a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, like, it was, it was definitely the hardest yeah, it was the hardest scene I think to watch. Like, I think I had like I have like there were other scenes I had in mind just like for my own personal reasons. But like, <clears throat> yeah, it was so. So you know how despicable like Homelander is, and you the nature of the Seven at this point in the show already. But like, just seeing, seeing, I guess like that reflect in their work. Yeah, was hard, and like you emphasize, and like Queen Maeve. All, I don't think we, we haven't talked about Queen Maeve a lot because I think she's very much like her role was like pretty reduced, like in this role. I don't know. I don't know how much like it is. Yeah. Book, but like they, it's very small. They clearly sort of didn't. They are either saving her for a future se- season, or uh, they didn't like how she was in the comics and have decided to like write her out a little bit um but yeah queen Maeve is not a significant character in this season um i i have some hopes that she will be i think so too but also like what also because what the actress i think did with queen Maeve in such the little time she had was so heartbreaking and i think like the plane scene emphasized that more like what i what made the plane scene wrenching for me was seeing Queen Maeve go through it because yeah. you could tell this was hard for her and like how disillusioned she was. Like she was sort of written as like the older female like to Starlight and like sort yeah. of old like a bit like older and like bitter and like cl- closeted like and, and jaded. Right. Yeah. Um but you can tell that underneath all of that she did care and she still cares yes and it's it is uh, a testament to the show's malice towards the audience that they 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 take that and they use that to inflict emotional harm on the audience mm-hmm. uh, like look she still cares look yeah. at it look at it <laughs> yeah no that was pretty rough did you, do, you might have already heard this. Do you know what the analogous event in the comics is? No. It was not a random plane crash. It was actually a specific moment in history, contemporary. History. It was 9-11. No, it was it not. Was oh my God. In the comics, the superheroes fail to stop 9-11. <sighs> yeah, they, 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 they shouldn't do that for the show. Um, right. wow. I, I'm like, wow, way to make this like more tasteful and still like just as emotionally resonant. Yeah, wait, when did this comic series come out? Like 2000, early 2000s. Um, oh, yeah, it came out, it was came out around like 2006. The run was 2006 to 2012. Wow, that's ballsy. Yeah. I feel like they just, they, they, 
they don't. Oh, so what I've heard said about the comics is that like they are an interesting take on superheroes, but you like have to take a shower after reading the comics. Yeah. And, like, yeah, this is a great example of where just like, oh, it makes you feel unclean. Yeah. Like um, even like just looking at some of like what happened to like White and like other characters, you're like, wow, like this is this is disgusting. Like. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to talk about the female? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's. Yeah. Let's talk about the female. Um. And like, I guess we should talk about the actual, like, the boys from the boys. Yeah. We are an out. We are an hour We're in an and hour have not talked about, talk about, about the boys. In the boys. <laughs> yeah. I think, although it does, like, it both, like, I think, ha. I think it says a lot and does fit because like, you know, we are AP people. Like we do, like we are not AP the boys. Like <laughs> we, true. we are, I think in, I think this episode like is sort of more inherently interested in online because superheroes by like their portrayal and like what it says about like, more, like you know, our society and like corporate superheroes. Like I think it's natural we gravitate towards that and how I gravitate towards that. But I think like the group of the boys in general, like, we're still just as good. Like, I really like the relationship that the female, I think they gave her a name in this one. I think it's Kimmy, which was probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's Kimiko. I want to I, I speak briefly because um, there's a really, really big change from the comics to the show that I think was critical to the show impacting me the way it did and, and making me feel as strongly as I did. And the difference is um, in the comics before like you is the, like before issue, the events of issue one, the boys had discovered uh, V8 or whatever the, the substance. The compound. Is. Yeah. Compound, yeah. Compound V. Um, and they had taken it themselves. So yeah, they, I about that. They have superpowers in the comics, um, mm -hmm. and it's like superpowered government hit squad against superpowered people. And in the show, they don't have superpowers, and it is so obvious to me that it would be much more interesting to have like a group of normal people fighting superheroes than like the other way. That it's it's just baffling, but I am so glad that they made that change because the entire time in the show you're you're with the boys and you're feeling this sense of like paranoia and just like desperate underdogness where they know if they are discovered one second later they could be shredded to bits like yeah. they like they are constantly on the edge of mortal danger um and like yeah. it, it keeps it so riveting full time mm -hmm. Yeah, I was very. I, I remember. I, I remember reading about that. Pretty surprised, and I think like even like reading articles about the show later. I think they were all along the lines of like, "Yeah, we do not want the boys to gain superpowers in the show because I think you're right. That does like discredit, not discredit, but like, that does like you know, like, it takes away from about the group. Yeah, and also it's very. I think with how anti-hero anti-super to use the language of the show anti-super like carl urban's billy butcher take is it would be very like contradicting to have that plotline carry out and considering like how they well considering how like 
I guess, flexible they are with the source, with like adapting source material, I wouldn't be surprised if I would both, I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually did not adapt it or didn't adapt it. Like it'll, it's really up to them, but I kind of, I also do care and kind of err on the side of like, don't give them powers, but we'll see what happens. I think having Kimiko, the only one with like powers is still like, is still good enough. Like, yeah, it was interesting. Like, it was. I was intrigued by like her character and the relationship she had with like Frenchie, um, and it's very like both paternal and like weirdly romantic, and you don't know how to define it. <laughs> but it's I mean, still. Yeah. They- you- the divide is um, like fundamentally, and you get almost like an an X Men vibe from this, but in a in a good way, where there are clearly some bad superpowered people, like clearly and obviously, and also um, there are there's reasonable evidence in the show that having superpowers can corrupt a person, um, but then like the fundamental question is like does that mean they they are all bad and all need to go you know um and billy the butcher represents one side where he's like everyone with superpowers needs to die um and it's it just seems so obvious to me that you would want your person who is like on the on the absolute opposite side of of that debate to not like turn himself into a superpowered person to do that um I mean, maybe there's like something about hypocrisy in there, but uh, it's just such a more interesting debate if he's like a clearly like a pro-human person um, rather than being like, oh, I figured out the the magical juice for making you Mm. shoot laser beams. So time to shoot that shit up and (laughs) no lessons learned. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think, I do, like, the, like, you're right, it adds more, like, tension and stress, and I think it, like, we've talked about, like, power creep a few times, like, I think you prevent that in some ways, like, by putting them on, like, the same level as, like, like, by not putting on the same level, that balance, like, that sort of equilibrium in the society they plan of, like, yes, supers on this plane, and, like, the boys are just normal people like you talk like that's an i guess that's a dynamic that's like talked about a lot and you emphasize that more by keeping by having them stay in their lane the so the the other part of it that i think is really critical is and we were going to the original idea for this episode was um civilian life and sort of what it means to be a normal person in a world with superheroes um and i think that we we get to have that so much more strongly. We get that vibe. Um, and I think that like that, that's a critical component of the show is that um, you don't even need to have the superheroes be corporate owned. You don't like, you don't need them to be people. You don't need any of that to make superheroes seem like a terrifying concept. All you need is to stick into the perspective of a normal person in that world Mm -hmm. and to see like, oh man, the overwhelming power 
that can be used against you. Like just like a train running through that woman at the start of the show. Like we don't know anything about corruption. We don't know anything about like evil plots or like crimes. Just that one second makes you like terrified of a person who can do that and just like still be standing there. Yeah, like immediately having your perception shift and like just that first, like it perfectly sets you up for how the show is going to be and what you're going to expect. And it's like Absolutely. it's and you and you you get what you, you get what they set it up to be. I think. Can I transition us to yes? So one of my I don't know what to make of this, but almost without fail, um, the. The boys clearly portrays pretty much all of the female characters as as being more virtuous than the male characters. To I was gonna a, to a point where I was kind of like, okay, so this is like a pretty easy way to like figure out who's who. Like, you want the females to succeed and the males to fail with like within a rounding error, um, because they like do a lot of work to show like Queen Maeve like cares about people and wants to do good and is just worn down by the system. Starlight cares and wants to do good and is worn down by the system. Even like the CEO is like, she's like kind of terrified and like not, she doesn't necessarily want to hold the role that she does, but she's the only thing keeping Homelander, who's like a weapon of mass destruction from going rogue. So yeah. she's like forced into it. Um, and now she's dead. <laughs> right, and, and then the, uh, the her whole per point, like the reason that she is a character in the show, is because Vought is trying to create supervillains. Mm -hmm. um, they are like capturing terrorists, giving them superpowers, and then gonna release them back into their areas. And it just so happens that the male uh, supervillain that they create is evil, and the female that they capture is just like a missile abductee from her home village and just wants to get home to her brother yeah like, all right so female equals good male equals bad got it mm -hmm. um, yeah interesting trend yeah i think like yeah it's interesting i was gonna i also did want to talk about characters because like they are like they stand out like they're very layered they're all great and I think it's also because, like, look, the boys, for all the, for how great the comic and the show is, I, I was joking about this with um, Count Pian earlier in town. This, this book, this comic book series was written, like, 2006, 2012, like, between that time period. Things were very different back then. There were not a lot of female characters, and even then, like, oh, I forgot, like, the name, like, sort of. Carl, um, Billy Butcher's, like, former, like, supervisor, like, even then, like, they were, one of the first pages, like, them having, like, a sexual relationship, like, they still, like, for all the work, I think what the show is doing is very much, like, counteracting, like, those, like, portrayals, like, those, like, sort of side portrayals, like, from the comics, like, in trying, yeah, and trying to counteract that, like, make them more positive, and also just reflect more of, like, the society we have today because it does feel very current like the scene like the scene with um like the scene like where you know like, the deep like assaults like um with assault starlight like there was a report like 
Kripke was like, should we like not take this out? Like, should we not take, should we take it out? Like, because they wrote it, they were writing this show and the Weinstein allegations just dropped and every female writer in the room, no, you have to include this. Like, this is so important because that is what we all went through, like working in like the entertainment industry. And I think it does, it feel intentional. Like it gives them more power. It's refreshing to see, um, it is refreshing to see that the very like sort of I guess um like diluted down like dynamic of like women are good and men are bad is like you know it could be done with more complexity but I think this show has a plan and they're gonna unpack it a little more. I think Huey stands like in that middle like you know like that moral, like trying to be, Huey is trying to be that moral center, but he's not sure how to be. So that right. could like change. And like, even, even like at the end of the season, like it was very, like, the show was amazing. Like you've heard us talk about it, just how we, how much we love the show. You definitely get the feeling at the end of the show that like, not everything's done. Like if yeah. you, if this show is not, if this show is canceled, people will be, mad but this show got renewed like before it even aired even the shoot the show got renewed before the first season even aired so like they were pretty right. comfortable they i can't imagine test screening that and being like oh yeah fans won't want to know what happens next <laughs> yeah it's dude a, if they canceled it we would be so it's a different mood it's a lot it's a lot mm -hmm. how do we wrap this up can we is it possible? Um, I think like, I guess more like final thoughts on or the boys. Like the boys, will we leave many threads un untied? <laughs> we have. I mean, we are already we are already leaving threads untied. But I guess it's a matter of how many of those threads do you want to close, and how many do you not want. To um. I feel like we should we should talk about where this fits into like the the pop cultural space right now mm -hmm. and then we can leave all of the like boys specific stuff on the table and just like close the loop of like why are we talking about this. Yeah. I like that. Um Do you want to yeah, sure. I think it's interesting because it's so hard for anything to get viral these days. Um, like it takes, it's literally, I think to achieve like virality and like just this insane level of fame, like it's, it's most, it's very much like luck. And I think the boys does have, I think the boys does have, does have that power because it tackles a lot of very important issues and is very very current and reflects like how a lot of like and reflects a lot of like what society is like today and what we can learn from it and how we can learn it i think the election the 2020 election is going to be a big factor because if if trump gets reelected, then the sh then like people will not stop shitting on trump like the boys is just going to go like full like this is the boys is going to ramp up if Trump gets reelected, because it's gonna have so much more commentary to unpack and say 
I think the where I see as a, in our pop culture landscape, I think more people still need to. I could see like season season two, season three, um, I it being huge. It's like I don't know how Game. Of, I don't know when Game of Thrones was first like sort of. I don't remember when like Game of Thrones like huge thing like before. I you know like before season four, but not season one, like two or three. I could see the boys being like that. There was also just a report about um, from some, I'm trying to remember where, about like how Amazon does have the numbers of like how good the boys was, like how many people did watch it. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, but, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna find it. Um wait. Nope. Yeah. Like there were reports of but yeah, basically there were reports on how many people watched the boys and I wanna say like let me look it up. But like it's still like it was still like one of their most watched shows like this year. Um Yeah. I think uh and- I think it's just gonna. Gr- I think it's just gonna grow. Essentially, oh, um, sorry, I just found it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, I think that um, the way that people are talking about the Watchmen show today is how they were talking about the boys then. I mean, I I've seen people being like Watchmen is like required watching for like anyone interested in this this like cultural genre. Um, and I was like, wow, like that's a really strong recommendation. And I remember seeing those same words about the boys back when it came out. And I think that season two is going to be I, I expect season two to be just as good. Yeah. I think that they have a lot of room to grow. It's not the kind of thing where they've exhausted their premise at all. Um it, you know, in a sense, by having the you know, the team of the boys discovered, I think that they are now going to have a completely different dynamic. Like that, I don't think season two is going to be anything like season one. Things be except for inequality. Um, in terms of just pop culture, like I, I think that one of the patterns that's really been emerging is this idea of just a a huge number of superhero fiction films. Um, leading to people like calling like superhero fatigue and then the release of something which undercuts those tropes and cliches and like creates like a fresh take um like i'm thinking of the success of deadpool um even of logan really because while logan was like much less of a straight-up parody of like um superhero films it was like a, de- a rejection of the platonic ideal of superheroes. It was not a Captain America. Um, it was not a Thor one. Um, and I think that the boys is right up in there leading, in my opinion, leading the pack in terms of like new and different takes on superheroes that if you are feeling superhero from t- fatigue from all of these, you know, Marvel movies, DC movies, whatever, uh, as strange as it is to say, I think the boys is the antidote, and uh, you know it, that 
it, that's wonderful because that means that you can be enjoying superhero fiction until you need a break and then you can be enjoying this and then go back to enjoying fiction and it creates uh, an environment where we can continue to view and enjoy these these films even past when like we feel like they should have worn out by now yeah it's it is so refreshing it's so refreshing to watch the boys and like see like it's it's just so refreshing like i've i hadn't been excited for a show like in a long time and like when i first started watching the boys and now like yeah like it, I'm excited to watch The Boys. Like, I know I will watch The Boys season two, like, the minute it comes out. And I think, like, I hope that, like, I hope it only gets better from here. Yeah. Well um, should we do plugs? Like, Thomas, where can people find you? Uh, plugs. You, dear listener, can find me on Twitter at Thomas underscore AP Marvel. My uh, current handle is Thomas Raz. So uh, there, Chris. Nice. Um, I'm at Delirlin on Twitter. Um, you can follow AP Marvel on Twitter and all social media um, on Twitter and all social media platforms. Um, thank you to Steve Maltor for the theme music. You can subscribe to us you can find AP Marvel on whatever podcast platform you decide. Um, and yeah. I- and uh, Patreon revamp coming soon. So if you want to get in on the ground floor of some new Patreon rewards, you should, you should donate to our Patreon. We will see y'all very soon. Oh, and just to, as a reminder, y'all, um, we are now bi-weekly. Maybe tri-weekly. Bi-weekly. Um, Bi-weekly. We are bi-weekly. Last time? Or any of the previous times? I'm sorry? Have we, like, is this the first that our listeners would have heard this? We did it for the rankings episode, but I think the timing on that was a whack. So, this is just a reminder that we are bi-weekly. Yes, we have shifted to a bi-weekly schedule to give uh, us more time to create good content for you. And mm-hmm. This is what we came up with. So Yeah. Alright. I'm I'm cutting the audio. Alright. Bye. My friends will tell you I'm awful at watching TV shows, but like The Boys feels like a show. Oh, Thomas can tell you. That's why we haven't done a Jessica Jones episode. Hey, if you're curious, she's the holdup. So okay. Um, noises. Halloween, and you still haven't watched season three. Like, okay.